You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about managing your money. Happily ever after. Hey, hey. On this episode, we're sharing an update about our relationship with Costco and answer a related listener question about the pros and cons of buying bulk. But first, a status update. How you doing? I'm great. Are you? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling light. Are you? Light as a feather. Why is that? <laughs> okay, so I mentioned that I've been losing weight because I've been biking a lot. Mm-hmm. That's great stuff. But I have, I have another question for listeners I need to outsource and get an okay. answer on. So the question is this, um, when you lose weight Mm -hmm. and your clothes no longer fit, so they're looser, do you hold on to those clothes and like store them somewhere? Because here's the thing, if you do that and then you go buy new clothes to fit your smaller self, Mm -hmm. okay, that's fun and that's great and everything. You got to spend some money to do that, but fine. But, you know, it's, it's, it seems like a good idea to hold on to the other clothes in case you grow into them again. Mm Mm-hmm. But then that seems defeatist, like, Mm. you know, eventually I'm going to lose all this progress I made. And so are you supposed to hold on to them? Plus, you have to store them somewhere. Like, how do people do this? What do you do? What Mm. what do you think? Well, I mean, I've definitely been through this during pregnancy, but then I guess that was a little bit different. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I mean, you are now at this lower weight. You've lost what? 15 pounds. Wow. Congratulations. Well, thanks. Um, I know that you're feeling really good. You look great. And Thank you. this has just been kind of an overall like new health chapter for you. You're already very healthy, but you're mm-hmm. just kind of getting even more intense about it. Fiendish about yes. it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. It's tough. I guess maybe thinking about, I mean, I guess maybe you could try to sell some of the clothes if they're in good condition. So you could mm-hmm. recoup some of the cost of them. Yeah. See, that's a good idea. So at least you get some money back. I was I was kind of thinking about would I try my hand at altering them myself? Mm. That you know risks completely right. destroying them. Right. <laughs> yeah, could be good practice though. Hmm. Well, listeners, tell me what you think. I'd love to have some advice on this. Okay. What's going on with you? Uh, so my status update is that I am starting to feel in the fall spirit and. I love to be in a seasonal spirit. I enjoy the picture you posted on Instagram today. What's that? You and the boys jumping for joy. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We were at the park yesterday, and there was a little stand that was specifically for doing that, for taking selfies. Oh, cool. You know, you could set your phone on it, and Mm -hmm. it was just so perfect. So, yeah, we did some fun shots. Um, We just have a little bit of fall decor up in the house. The mornings have been feeling really pleasant. Biking the boys to school has felt really nice instead Mm -hmm. of just feeling sweltering. Mm -hmm. It still is getting pretty hot during the day. Still 100 degrees. Yeah, and I am just so sick of being (laughs) hot and sweaty, but I am trying to just appreciate that we are entering a new season and at least some parts of the day are cooling down. And anyway, that just makes me feel good. So I'm just kind of excited about the the season ahead. Do you want to tell people what your letterboard says? Oh, yes. I updated our letterboard. It says everything in moderation except fall. <laughs> Which is utterly true for you. Yes, I totally <laughs> believe in that. Okay, let's move on to home economics. 
So last summer, if listeners will remember, in episode 47, we discussed embarking on a Costco experiment. We were not Costco members at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we, we talk- had flirted with Costco. That's here right. And there. Here and there. Um, but we had a very fun date before we joined strolling through Costco and writing down prices of all the items we might buy. Then we compared those prices to the prices at Trader Joe's where we usually shop. And from that data, we saw that there were some items that we buy a lot of, like almond milk, shredded cheese, walnuts, kind of basics like that, where Costco seemed like it could be saving us some money. So Mm -hmm. we took the plunge. We got in a committed relationship with Costco (laughs) and I think became even more American (laughs) by becoming (laughs) card-carrying Costco members, Mm -hmm. it seems like. (laughs) Um, So, but, so for a year we shopped at Costco, but when our membership came due again this summer, we actually let it lapse. Mm -hmm. And we ghosted Costco. We sure did. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So let's kind of talk about why we broke up with Costco. But first, let's talk about what just what did you enjoy or not enjoy about the Costco shopping experience? Because it wasn't like we hated it. No, no. I think we really enjoyed going. Mm -hmm. And it's something it's something weird. It's something about the environment, like going in there and it's just being this huge, expansive place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think there was this perception that there was a deal to be had mm. around every corner. Like we yeah. were there for specific items, but uh-huh. there was the possibility yeah. of coming across some new item that we could buy in mass quantity. Right. <laughs> for therefore like And it's gonna price. like make our life better. Yeah. And you know what? There's this other thing that I thought about a lot there because I also had it just this weird, very pleasurable kind of experience there. And mm-hmm. I what I think it is is the the perception of abundance. And I think that taps into our deep human inner psyche (laughs) where since, you know, we first became humans, Mm -hmm. um, that we lived in these environments of scarcity and needed to collect food and resources. And then you're here in this expansive place and it just feels like I will never be hungry again. (laughs) So when Armageddon comes, everybody make your way to your local Costco. I think everyone's already going to be there. So yeah, that was just, it was, it's just very interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like it was, it's kind of fun to bring the boys there, even though it was like insane to get around people in right. the huge carts. But they it's just like an outing, like it's yeah. a destination. Yeah. There's samples. Right. You know, there and I think there was always the possibility of, oh, what non food commodity right. could we like right. what what appliance or exactly I, we never actually really made use of this. Exactly. But. Well, it's so much like and I we probably referenced it in earlier episodes, but it's like that modern family episode oh, yeah. where um Cam and Mitchell. Mitchell go to Costco and Mitchell is all skeptical and then, you know, suddenly sees, oh, we can get diapers here. We can get wine. Oh my gosh, what's this magical place? So I Mm -hmm. think that that just really captures it. You know, you go for the bulk, you know, paper towels and you find all this other amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I think it was always just kind of, they do have new products in here and there. So it's just kind of like, what what am I going to be able to buy in bulk next, you know? Yeah. Um, but I will say some of the kind of negatives about the experience, it did just feel excessive to mm-hmm. me in terms of I would get these weird thoughts. Like I would just start to stress out like 
how do they keep this all stocked appropriately? Like, <laughs> is someone really buying this many vats of mayonnaise? Like, are these really going to get bought before they expire on the shelf? Like, mm-hmm. are they throwing them away? Like, just, I, I start to think about that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. at stores. Um, so kind of making me just worry about waste and excess like yeah. that. And I do think that there's honestly a lot of temptation to buy a lot of processed foods. Oh, yeah. And we were really there for kind of more of these basic, less processed things, kind of staples, like I mentioned. And then I think it was those other things, the chips, the crackers, the snacks, whatever, the frozen prepared things that are really tempting and can be convenient or, you know, maybe not even totally unhealthy, but that end up just being kind of tempting and that I think can inflate the grocery budget and then maybe kind of pull you on the other way on health too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what's funny is the thing that, that pulled us there in the first place were the salmon patties. Oh yeah. We really couldn't get anywhere else. Right. And it was almost like we, we didn't rationalize going there for those, but we, you know, because we found other products, but it was sort of the gateway food that brought us there. Oh, and do you know what else we love to get there Uh, is the Kodiak pancake mix. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so there were just really a few things that we liked getting in yeah. bulk. And it, we just found that just felt like for having to join and for having to make this trip, and it, it is a trip. The parking lot is always packed. Like, Insane. I mean, it is, and you know, it is a effort to mm-hmm. go through. It just felt like it wasn't um, being worth it for us. Plus, let's talk about now really the numbers. Uh, let's talk about how we think it affected our grocery bill and just general buying habits. We've touched on that a little bit, but kind of what helped us make that decision to break up with Costco. Yeah, it's sort of weird what actually ended up happening. Mm-hmm. We did this. Our first analysis was let's lower our grocery bill. Mm-hmm. And that was generated by our concern because our grocery bill, we were were constantly busting the budget there Mm -hmm. and we were consciously trying to figure out how we could keep it lower because it seemed like we were spending excessively. Mm -hmm. So Costco seemed to make sense, even though it was a, you know, a separate trip, it didn't supplant our other grocery shopping. It just, it was a few products. Um, But basically what happened, it's sort of a quagmire. Mm. Um, I went into Mint and I looked at the past 12 months of grocery shopping specifically. So from now... Now back to October, okay. basically, so 12 months, and then compare that to the, the prior 12 months from there. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about the past two years of data. Mm-hmm. One, the first year we did not have Costco, the second year we did have Costco. Yeah, there's a little bit of overlap, but yeah. not by much. Okay. What I found was that our grocery, our average, so I'll explain, I'll qualify this in a second, but our average grocery shopping trip, our mm-hmm. average grocery bill was less this year than last year. So on average, we spent $42 compared to $51. Okay, so this is taking all types of grocery shopping trips from the bakery to Costco Mm -hmm. to our regular grocery store and otherwise, Mm -hmm. all so just averaged out. So there's a $9 difference Mm. between this year and the year prior. Okay. Seems good, Mm -hmm. except that we had just dozens more overall grocery categorized trips in Mm. Mint this year compared to last year. Hmm. Now, this is the qualifiers, of course, are this is not all about Costco. There are lots of other variables. Perhaps we entertained more. Perhaps we went to the bakery and had smaller trips more often. You know, I don't think that's really the the case, Hmm. but it could possibly be. Um, Our kids are growing. They eat more. That throws a a wrench in the Mm -hmm. works, you know. 
so it's hard to just use this and say yeah. this is due to Costco. But we didn't get in there and like really split hairs. Yeah. But it does make sense because we were we we're going not only to Trader Joe's, but mm-hmm. also to Costco mm-hmm. along with our bakery and these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So all told, in aggregate, we've spent more money on groceries this year by far. With like, Costco. Yeah. Okay. Um, than we did the year prior. Okay. So by like a couple thousand. So it's Whoa. like significant. That yeah. seems insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, again, there could be lots of other reasons for this, I, but I think Costco probably contributes to the fact that we end up spending or make more trips, even though we're spending less, we make mm. more trips and overall in aggregate spend more money. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. So there's this thing, um, the health halo effect. Okay. I wonder if there's a Costco halo effect. Oh, tell us more about this. The health halo effect is a guy by the name of Brian Wansink studies nutrition. And when you see a food product and it has, for example, fat free mm. claim on the label, mm-hmm. uh, you will or go like extra protein or what I feel like that's the thing nowadays, like yeah. lots of protein. Certainly could be that too. Yeah. But things like, low fat, fat free, low sugar, these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. When people see labels like that, regardless of the rest of the nutritional profile, mm-hmm. they could oftentimes end up eating more calories worth of that product mm-hmm. than they would have the say the quote unquote full fat mm-hmm. product. So they get this health halo effect. It's lower fat, oh, so I can eat more mm-hmm. and so they eat more calories, so that kind of obviously right. negates the potential yeah. health benefit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Costco mm-hmm. with the notion that totally. oh, we're saving money by going totally. there. You know, we go there more often. I think that definitely is what happens Mm -hmm. or just you're there something you're there you're thinking this is the land of deals and saving money Mm -hmm. so i am gonna buy this giant box of whatever even though you might not actually use it and i Mm -hmm. think it's both the spending money and the health thing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. can happen at costco if you're buying more of the processed stuff you're buying more of the yeah just the snacky stuff yeah if you make this one-off decision, oh, this is cheaper than my normal grocery store. I should buy this when you may not have bought it at all. Right, right. You are spending more money. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that might be what happened. So in the end, I think Costco clearly can make sense for mm-hmm. somebody if they have the right kind of system and the yeah. right discipline and everything else. Mm-hmm. I think we didn't incorporate it in the way that made the most sense for us, really. It mm-hmm. just, um, maybe we didn't have the right discipline or we didn't really, you know, mm-hmm. stick to how we expected to use it. Yeah. And in the end, it just, I don't know, the convenience of it didn't really work out for us. So yeah. I'm sure that it works for, obviously, it works for right. plenty of people. Just And I think just honestly, I think just already our grocery shopping, we find the products we like and mm-hmm. one at Trader Joe's with a few things like at Sprouts. Um, it's convenient. We go once a week. That seems to work fine for us. Yeah. So it was, you know, we didn't have a lot of room to improve kind of, True. I think too, yeah. you know, we're feeding a family of four. Maybe it would be different feeding a family of five or six or mm-hmm. something like that. And who knows, maybe when the boys are teenagers and we just do need vast quantities of food, mm-hmm. maybe it will suddenly make a lot of sense again. Yeah. True. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to a related listener question. This is kind of about minimalism versus bulk buying. And this is a question from Kristen. 
She said, how do you balance your desires for minimalism and lack of clutter with your desire to save since saving often can be correlated with buying things in bulk? For example, she and her husband are constantly going back and forth and whether they should buy multiples of something when it's on sale um, or like using subscribe and save on Amazon or whether they should only buy something when they actually run out, even if it means they're paying full price. So we thought this was just a really great question Mm -hmm. and we kind of talked about it. We came up with, I think, about five kind of things to think about when you're thinking about like whether or not you should buy in bulk or subscribe to something that might kind of help people think through this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first recommendation we have is to get the big picture on savings and convenience. Like you might see, okay, how much discounted is this pasta if I buy it in a bulk of, you know, six or 10 boxes versus what I would buy at the grocery store, just one box, or how much am I saving on the tea when I'm doing a subscribe and save and just like multiply that out. Like what is it per year estimated that you think you're spending and what is the savings really? Because sometimes I think we can just see the word savings or see that number in red that just shows Mm -hmm. that it's less. And that's just like, yes, I I mean, you just feel so smart and thrifty for doing it that way. Mm -hmm. But really, what is it? Are you saving $50 or are you saving $7? You know, Mm -hmm. that just kind of like get a real picture of it. And then I think too, just on the convenience, um, do you really need the six boxes of pasta? Are you really going through it that fast? Um, Or is it just as easy to throw the extra one in the basket when you need it? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, not that one is better than the other, but just kind of think about the bigger picture. So number two, are these items that you actually will use up? It's just like we said with our Costco example, it's Mm -hmm. easy to find something like, oh, cheaper, and I can get this in bulk when you may not actually normally buy that and mm-hmm. use that quantity over right. some period of time. So it probably makes sense to really think about and determine, maybe even predetermine, these are the things I should always be getting in bulk. Mm-hmm. These are things that I don't necessarily need in bulk mm-hmm. and then make that decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, number three is to consider the cost of storing things, both the physical space and I think the mental clutter. I know for me, just kind of knowing that we have a a big amount of something or that something is taking up a lot of space in the pantry or we need extra space for it in a closet. That's just kind of some mental clutter for me, or it means that there's not room for, you know, something else. Do you really have the space in your house for storing extra boxes of, you know, whatever it is, paper towels and, um, and whatnot. And so just, you know, thinking beyond maybe if there is a savings, what's kind of that cost of having it at home. Number four, and I think this is a big one, I'll preface it by saying, so Americans have a huge problem with food waste. Mm. In fact, that's the one of the most significant environmental problems in America today, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, of course, it's a huge impact on household finances. It can mm. be, for an average household, like $600 worth of food waste per year. Mm. And that's you know probably multiple grocery shopping trips for most families. Mm-hmm. That happens, I think, because people you know forget to use food or mm-hmm. let things go bad, not really thinking about it. And so when you're buying in bulk and you have bigger quantities of food, you probably need, again, sort of like a predetermined system mm-hmm. of how you're going to use it. 
old stuff comes to the front, mm -hmm. new stuff goes to the back, and you're thoughtful about how that process works. And mm -hmm. maybe you even have sort of the steps in your mind or mm -hmm. some system in place in your kitchen, your pantry, your mm -hmm. refrigerator to make sure you do that. Um, that would probably make the best use of the bulk that you have. That would reduce the food waste, which is great for the environment. And it would probably make the best use of the dollars that you spent mm -hmm. buying in bulk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one place where it's really easy to lose things is in the freezer, mm -hmm. especially nowadays. New freezers have the kind of the deeper drawers and things. And I think it could be really easy to, you know, frozen stuff is great um, because it's convenient. You can stock up on it, but then I think it's kind of easy to let it get lost in there. Mm -hmm. And so probably it is too if you are buying in bulk that before making a grocery shopping list to like open the freezer and look beyond just that first layer of stuff like really peer into the back of the pantry um, I think so often I'm I'm really trying to do that more often because so often just from the stuff in the pantry freezer refrigerator we really could make three or four meals oh, yeah. right there yeah. and I'm trying to be a little bit better about using that stuff up and it lowers our grocery bill and then it just feels good to be making use of the food that we already have. A colleague of mine does, um, her husband does weird dinner nights. Whoa, what's that? <laughs> and so it's, it's basically like cleaning out the pantry, gotcha. cleaning out the fridge or freezer and just grabbing whatever mm -hmm. and throwing it together. And usually, you could, like you said, you can probably make a really great meal. Right. Even though it's like disparate things that you, uh, you know, plan for different meals. Yeah. Um, you end up with these vestiges of other meals right. and things and you can throw together for I think fun, that could be meal. really fun when the boys are a little bit older and we could sort of have like competitions yeah you know like mm -hmm. who can make the most interesting or tasty thing from just whatever we have mm -hmm. <laughs> on hand um, and then our last tip, number five, is just to set times to reevaluate your systems. If you are subscribing to things and getting regular deliveries, if you are buying things in bulk, maybe quarterly-ish, you know, if you're running a household with a partner, um, just set aside time to sit down and really, you know, look on Amazon or these other subscriptions that you might have and, you know, go through, see what you're really getting, what are you spending? And then the same for the bulk, you know, are you really using up the stuff that you're getting? Um, and I think just a point that I think it's, could be really helpful to reevaluate regularly just because I think this really can change over time. For example, I was thinking about when you have like an infant in the house, it is so nice to outsource as much as possible. Yeah, get those diapers regularly delivered if you're doing disposable diapers and, you know, buy more things in bulk so that you don't have to go to the store as regularly. But then, you know, evaluate that six months later because maybe now you're at a point where you know you kind of are going to change it or something mm -hmm. like that so mm -hmm. okay let's move on to love notes uh so i have one uh so you have been working very hard to get me allergy shots oh i i have not severe but you know annoying symptoms of allergies usually like kind of earlier in the year mm -hmm. springtime or whatever and uh, I've dealt with them for years. Mm -hmm. And so you helped get me going at an allergy clinic to start getting allergy shots. And I haven't like gotten myself totally on board with mm -hmm. this yet. So you've been doing all this work of identifying the place, getting me in for an appointment, um, getting the serum all set up, you know, and, and like setting up the regular times for me to go in. And I just really appreciate that you've been doing that, even though I've been not making it a priority of mine. Mm -hmm. You made it a priority and I know it's for my health. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was very nice. So Aww. I just appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. That's really sweet to say. I 
do do it out of love and because I want you to not suffer from allergies. If I ever go into anaphylactic shock, I'll take it back. But right now, I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, that's why I set you up to order those EpiPens so I can administer <laughs> an EpiPen to you. <laughs> and then hold it over me for the rest of my life that you saved my life exactly. once. Exactly. <laughs> that's what this is all about. Okay, so my love note to you is I think you have just been doing a really awesome job lately of being really patient with the boys. I feel like we've just had some really good conversations lately about parenting and there have been some just kind of challenging behaviors that Mm -hmm. are totally normal, Mm -hmm. but just from our energetic boys and as they're having different emotions and going through growing and just all of that stuff. And so I just have felt really on the same page with you lately. And I just think that you've been just exercising a lot of patience and... I Thank think you. I know that that takes a lot of work. So yeah. you've been patience doing a good is job. not a Wharton virtue, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so it's something that does take work. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that wraps it up. You can find us online at our website, where you can find the show notes for this episode and all of our previous episodes. That's at loveandmatrimony.com, and matrimony is spelled like money at the end. And keep up with us on Instagram in between episodes. I am Kels Wharton, that's W-H-A-R-T-O-N, and Chris is Chris Wharton 77 Our email address where we love to get your questions is heymatrimony at gmail.com. Patience is love, everyone. Remember to love your honey, not your money. Super. (laughs) Super points. Okay. Groovy job, Kelsey. I feel like I'm not getting the validation from you that I need. I just said super many times. (laughs) In a weird way.